You got, glad to be in church? Yeah. Good to have you here. Listen, whether you're here in person, whether you're watching online, we're glad you're with us. If you're watching online from somewhere sunny, we're jealous. We love you, but we're jealous of you. Come on, where is our summer? What is going on? Uh, Bill was wearing shorts. I'm not even sure what that's about. He's got faith. Um, but yeah, we need summer to come. But hopefully you're enjoying this dreary, cold, wet summer. We're going to turn this around. We're going to pray this. Come on. Jesus said this kind doesn't go away except with prayer and fasting. So we're going we're to turn this around one way or another. But listen, uh, church, if I at all today seem uh, dazed and confused, forgive me ahead of time. I'm just trying to rack my brain and figure out how my second child just graduated high school. How did that happen? How, how did she graduate high school? And I don't mean academically. We kind of figured she would pass. You know what I mean? We, we kind of figured that would happen. I mean time. Where does the time go? Just yesterday, she was this baby in my arms, and now she's graduating high school. So needless to say, it's been kind of an emotional week in the Lagerquist household. We've had so many emotions We've had laughter, uh, we've had tears. Uh, I didn't cry, I'm a man's man, all right? But there were a couple times I got some dust in my eye and it caused some tears, you know. It was allergies though, okay? It was allergies. But, uh, but we're excited uh, to pray for all the graduates next Sunday. Uh, we're just believing for great things for them, looking forward to what God has in store for them and their future. And, uh, and we're proud of them. Uh, but today I'm excited because we have some good news to share. How many of you like good news? Yeah. In a world filled with bad news, it's good to have some good news once in a while. And, and I want to share with you some good news. But before I share with you the good news, I want to share just a little bit about our story. Just, just real quickly, uh, for those of you who are newer, share with you our story. Now, I say newer rather than new because we're all kind of relatively new. You know, if someone's like, I've been here since the beginning, they mean 14 months, okay? It, it hasn't been that long. Uh, but for those of you who are newer, I want to share just a little bit about our story. And, and kind of to make a long story short, this church has been a vision of Kim and mine uh, for 10 years. 10 years ago, God gave us the vision for this church. And uh, we thought this church would happen right away. It didn't. <laughs> and, and, and it was frustrating at times. Uh, there were times we wondered if we missed God, like maybe we didn't hear him. There were times we wondered if maybe God missed us, like he chose the wrong person. We, we weren't sure. But scripture is clear. Scripture says the vision is for an appointed time. And that's key for somebody today. Maybe you have a vision and it's not working out the way you thought. The vision is for an appointed time. And in fall of 2020, it became pristinely evident. It became clear that the time was now uh, to launch the church. And to make a long story short, on April 4, 2021, Easter Sunday, we launched Church for All. 
And it's been fun. Uh, we did this in the middle of a pandemic. That's been fun. <laughs> That's been adventurous. But it has been a remarkable faith journey, and God has been faithful. But listen, this is a part we didn't share uh, with a lot of people in the beginning. When we launched this church, we only had a three-month lease on this facility. <laughs> That's not exactly something people like want to know. <laughs> They're like, uh, really? Yeah, three months. And kind of the way this worked is, is uh, around January, maybe February 2021, uh, I called up Ryan. Ryan, you here? Ryan, give it up for Ryan. Ryan is the general manager at Black Diamond Camps. Uh, we've been friends for a number of years. And I called up Ryan. I said, listen, do you have any availability? And he said, Matt, it's a pandemic. We have a lot of availability right now. And, and, so, and so I said, okay. He said, but it's subject to change. Things could change. And so we were kind of, kind of seeing what this looked like. And so we had a three-month lease to start out. And he said, we can give you three months. I said, we'll take it. I said, let's go. Because I sensed in my heart there would be more. Come on, sometimes God will nudge you. Things don't make sense, but God will nudge you in a direction. And so that was miracle number one. Well, we got uh, to about August. We went from three months to six months. We got to August, and we started asking, is there any way we could uh, you know, extend our lease? And he was talking to his board. He was talking to his team. He was doing everything he could, but it just didn't look like it was in the cards. But again, I felt God nudge us in a direction. I felt God say, be persistent. And so we kept talking, we kept meeting, we kept talking, we kept meeting. And in September of 2021, he came to us and said, listen, we are able to make this thing work. Uh, you can have a lease until uh, January 1, 2023. So that's miracle number two. Well, now we've been trying to figure out our next step. We've been trying to figure out what happens, where are we going from here? And so we've been talking, we've been meeting, there's been a lot of that. <laughs> and I'm excited to share with you, church, that last week we signed a lease to be here until January 1st, 2025. Come on, somebody give it up for God. Look at God. Come on, that means that this place isn't just our temporary home, it's our first home. And there's a difference. Come on, this is a place where God wants us. This is a place where God wants to move. This is a place where Jesus will heal hearts. This is a place where prodigals will come home. This is a place where families will be transformed. This is a place where marriages will be mended. This is the place where God wants to move. Come on, church, let's get ready. Are you ready? I think, man, I think growth is, just get ready. I'm telling you, get ready. I'm excited, I'm elated, I'm ecstatic. I, I, can't, I can't even express with words how, how I believe God has shown himself so faithful over the last 14 months. And we've had some remarkable miracles, but the best miracles are ahead. The best is yet to come. Now, over the next few months, we're going to be sharing with you uh, some things you can do uh, to jump in. There's going to be opportunities, opportunities to give, yep, opportunities to serve, yep, opportunities to help. We're going to be remodeling and updating a couple things here that are beneficial for us and beneficial for Black Diamond Camps, so get ready for that. But we are excited about the next phase, the next season, 
and what God is doing at CFA. Come on, can somebody give it up for God? Now listen, scripture says give honor to whom honors due. I want to honor uh, a couple people. Uh, first and foremost, I want to honor Ryan and Stacy and Allison and the Black Diamond Camp's leadership team. Remarkable people. Ryan, thank you for your friendship. Thank you for, man, being on this journey with us. Thank you for saying yes to us when there are probably a thousand reasons you could have said no. But, but thank you. And uh, we're praying favor over Black Diamond Camps and, and this facility that God would continue to move. And the last group I want to thank, I just want to thank you. I want to thank this church truly for being the best church community I've ever been a part of. I can say that. Like, this is the best church community I've ever been a part of. Uh, I've been in church most of my life. Uh, I've been a pastor for 23 years. And I can say without question, this church community is the best church community I've been a part of. So thank you. Thank you for loving people. Uh, thank you for welcoming people when they walk in. Uh, thank you for serving. Thank you for serving with Pastor Gio and kids. If he were here, he'd give you a big hug, but he's not. He's watching your kids, so you go give him a big hug, all right? <laughs> Maybe even a Starbucks card. <laughs> but thank you for serving. Thank you for helping. Thank you for being a part of everything that's happening here. We are just so grateful. We are thankful. And God is just beginning. The best is yet to come. One more time, one more time. Let's just give it up for God today. Well, I want to take a moment and God willing share a short message. It's not my forte to be short, but I'm going to do my best. And uh, I'll share with you a short message, a message in line with our Here Now series, uh, an actual word that God gave me in January of 2021, a word he put in my heart that I want to share with you that I think is applicable for all of us today. Is that okay? And to do this, I want to check out Joshua 1. Joshua 1, and let's start in verse 1, just for context. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun. You thought you were poor? Joshua was a son of Nun, all right? Come on, Father's Day is next weekend. That was a good dad joke. Come on. Son of Nun. He was Moses' aide. So what's happening here? Joshua is taking over for Moses. Joshua is afraid, he's filled with fear. And this is where God speaks to Joshua. Check out verse 6 for uh, sake of time. This is God speaking to Joshua. He says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Here it is a second time. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you might be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate. Someone say meditate. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Here it is again, verse 9. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? The third time he tells him that. Do not be afraid. Someone say don't be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Say, don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you. Someone say, he's with you wherever you go. 
If you would stand up with me, let's pray. And I just want to share with you a simple message, people of courage, people of courage. Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you for our time together. We thank you that in this time, this hour, you're calling us to be people of courage. Courageous moms, courageous dads, courageous husbands, courageous wives, courageous sons, courageous daughters, courageous people who go where you call us to go, who live out the life you've called us to live out. Give us courage today. I thank you, Lord, for all the miracles you've done, how your hand is on this church. You're blessing it. We just pray that you'd continue to move. We look to you, the author, the finisher of our faith. I pray you'd bless families, that you would bless uh, uh, finances, that every person in here, Lord, uh, would walk out knowing they're blessed of God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. Well, probably, I don't know, probably about a year ago, uh, I was up uh, late, I was studying, I was reading, my family was in bed, and, uh, and it was late, it was probably like midnight. And as I was studying, as I was reading, uh, my ring doorbell alert went off. How many have the ring? Any of you have the ring? My ring doorbell alert went off on my phone. And this kind of like startled me. This, this kind of like shook me up because it was midnight and I didn't think anything should be causing my ring doorbell alert to go off. So I did the only thing a brave and courageous man would do. I woke up my dog to see if my dog would go downstairs and see what was going on for me. Now, some of you might know this, but I have a dysfunctional dog. I do. I've shared about this. Um, uh, Most dogs wake up early. My dog wakes up at about 11 a.m. every day. True story. You can ask my family. Most dogs wake up at the crack of dawn. My dog wakes up at the crack of noon. You know, he just gets up when he's good and ready. And, uh, and so I woke my, I tried to wake my dog up. My dog wouldn't get up. So I did the only other thing I could think to do. I woke Kim up and I said, Kim, can you go? And I didn't do that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Thought about it. But so I got up out of the chair I was in (laughs) and I grabbed the only thing next to me, which was a hardcover book. (laughs) And, and I, I started walking down the stairs and I was walking down the stairs so loud. Have you ever like heard something outside and you just, you just get real loud? I don't know why, but that's just what we do. We're like, oh, yeah, you know, just making all kinds of noise. And I'm walking down the steps, like stomping on the steps as loud as I can. I want somebody to think like a giant lives in my house, you know? And so I get downstairs. I look out the dining room window. And there I see nothing. I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. There was nothing there. But then I went into my family room and I looked out my family room window and church, no lie, I screamed. (laughs) I did. I yelled, ah, I I yelled so loud. No one woke up, but I yelled loud because uh, looking through my window was, was this, uh, well, that, yeah, that's what my mind said it was. Okay, it really wasn't a T-Rex. Um, but my mind said, my mind said, this is what was looking at me. In actuality, this is what was looking at me through my window. My, my mind said it was a T-Rex, but in actuality, it was a cute little deer. 
And I just screamed, okay? I looked at the deer and I screamed. But you have to understand, at 12.30 at night, whatever, you don't expect anything to be looking back at you through your window. So when I saw this deer, it was just like, you know, it freaked me out. Not my most courageous moment. But I stared at this deer, this deer stared at me, and it went on so long. I mean, it, I mean, if that deer was still staring in my window when I got home today, I wouldn't be surprised. It was, it was just looking so long. And so finally, I kind of like, you know, sh- shooed the deer. I kind of, you know, like, like lunged at it. And the deer ran off. And I saved my family's life. Right? In fact, the next day I told Kim, I said, I said, Kim, I don't know if you know this or not, but our family's alive today because of me. I said, last night there was this treacherous, there was a Bambi was looking through the window and, and I, I, I scared, I saved our life. Uh, I also told her I screamed <laughs> and she laughed at me. Not exactly my most courageous moment. But I share this with you because I think if there's ever been a time that we need to be people of courage, it's now. You just sense it, whether you watch the news, whether you just talk to people. If there's ever been a time we need to be strong and courageous, it's here now. If there's ever been a time we need strength in our faith, if there's ever been a time we need to be courageous as a church, it is here It is now. It's right now. And I want to share with you just quickly three things that God tells Joshua to do. Three things that I believe we must do if we're going to be people of courage. These are the three things that God spoke to me in January of 2021. I have them written down in my notes from January 2021. Three things that I felt the Lord impress upon me to do that brought courage to my life. Three things I think that will bring courage to your life if we do them. And the three things are this. First of all, number one, if we want to be people of courage, number one, we need to meditate on the word of God. We need to meditate on the word of God. Look again what God tells Joshua to do in Joshua 1.8. He says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate. Don't just read it. Meditate on it day and night. Somebody say meditate. This word meditate is actually taken uh, from a Hebrew word. Uh, It's pronounced daga, which I realize probably means nothing to nobody. (laughs) But, But as you study this word out, you find out that the original meaning of this word is to recite. To recite. That's how they heard it. And it's a word picture of somebody rehearsing something so much so that they can recite it in time of need. It's kind of the word picture of somebody meditating on something so much so that they almost have it memorized. They have it planted deep in their heart. And this is what God tells us, Joshua to do with the word of God, what God is also telling us to do, to meditate on the word, to rehearse the word so much so that we can recite it in time of need. 
to meditate on the word day and night, almost so we have parts of it memorized, parts of it planted deep in our heart so it's there for us when we need it the most. How many of you have a favorite song? Any of you a favorite song? There's like two of us. The rest of us, like we hate music, right? No, you have like a favorite song. Uh, Maybe you have that song memorized, right? You know, you know the words. And it's your jam, (laughs) And everyone knows it's your jam because whatever's going on, when that song comes on, you just, you just lose it. You know what I mean? You kind of start dancing. You start singing. <laughs> I, I have three daughters living in my house. <laughs> and I can tell you, uh, at any time, if a song comes on that they like, our house quickly turns into like a dance studio. Anyone else with daughters have this? I mean, it's just like any song that they like will come on and, you know, they just, you know, it's just concert hall. It's just they're singing. They're like, don't go chasing water. You know what I mean? And it's like singing through the kitchen. Yeah. You like that? You like that? I'm ready. That's my rehearsal. How'd I do? I'm ready for the worship team. All right. Yes. Yes. Good. 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 Simon Cowell says, yeah. Um, But they just start singing at any time. I, I mean, I mean, they're just singing. And, uh, 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 and, and, and they know the words and they know the lyrics. Can I tell you, church, that is how we should be with the word of God. That's how we should be, that we have rehearsed the word of God so much so in our time of study, in our quiet time with God, that when the time comes that we need to recite it, when temptation comes, when hard times come, that we're able to recite the word of God. Scripture says, I've hidden God's word in my heart that I might not sin against him. We need to be meditating on the word of God so much so that we have parts of it even memorized, parts of it deep down in our soul, in our spirit, when we need it the most. How, how, many, of you ever, how many of you ever thought you knew the words to a song only to find out years later you were singing it wrong? <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> Listen, this, ha- this happened to me <laughs> with the song uh, Stuck on You by Lionel Richie. Do you know that song? A little old school? That's a classic. I grew up listening to Lionel Richie because my parents liked Lionel Richie, so I had to listen to Lionel Richie. <laughs> True story. There, <laughs> there is a line in the song that he says, needed a friend? When I was a kid, I thought he said, eating a friend. I'm not kidding. For years, that's how I sang that song. Until years later, somebody said, bro, it's not eating a friend. It's needing a friend. And I was like, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. I said, it is eating a friend. I was that confident that that is what he was saying. And sure enough, I looked it up, and it is needing a friend. And that really fits a lot better than what I thought the lyric was. But, but years later, I learned something new about that song. And can I tell you the same is true with the word of God? Years later, you can learn something new in the same verse you've read for years. You can read a verse a hundred times and the hundred and first time you see something new. 
The 101st time you see something you never saw before. You hear something you never heard before. You understand something you never understood before. Why? Because the word is alive. The word is alive. Hebrews 4.12 says the word is alive and active. It's alive. The Bible is the only book that while you read it, it reads you. And it speaks to your soul. It speaks to your situation. It speaks to your circumstance. And listen, if we're going to be people of courage, we need to meditate on the word of God. Not meditate on Instagram. Not meditate on the news. Not meditate on, meditate on the word of God. Now listen, if you're new to Bible study, don't start in the book of Leviticus. Start in like Matthew or Philippians, just so you can thank me later. But not only should we read the word, we need to meditate on it. Meditate on it. I got to move along. The second thing we need to do, if we're going to be a people of courage, we need to resist fear and discouragement. Resist fear and discouragement. Joshua 1.9, look again what God says to Joshua. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Someone say, do not be afraid. That I've shared this many times. I'll share it many more because it's just true and it's good. <laughs> but that phrase, do not be afraid, is the most repeated phrase in all the Bible. It is repeated 365 times in Scripture. One time, I like to say, for every day of the year, that fear tries to rob us of where God wants to take us. Do not be afraid. If we're going to be people of courage, we need to resist fear. Now listen, let me say this. Uh, courage is not the absence of fear. It's not. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is making the choice to move forward in the face of fear. Courage is making the choice, the decision that I will step forward in the presence of fear. Courage is saying, I won't stop. I won't quit. I won't give up in the face of fear, but I will step forward. I will move forward into the promise God gave me. Listen, we might have fear, but fear doesn't have to have us. We can keep moving forward in the face of fear, courageously trusting God in what he has said in his word. That's what courage looks like. And he says, not only resist fear, God says, Resist or do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. This word discourage is actually taken from two words, dis and courage, right? Discourage. That part dis actually means the removal of something. It is. You can look it up. It's Webster. <laughs> but dis means the removal of something. If something is disorganized, it means organization has been removed. So discourage then means the removal of courage. And the reason we have to resist discouragement is discouragement will actually remove courage from our lives. That's why we have to resist discouragement. How does discouragement make its way in? All kinds of ways. 
Discouragement makes its way into our thinking, doesn't it? If we're not careful, it tries to take real estate in our thoughts, our mind. Many times in life, what happens to us will never be as big as what happens in us. What happens in our mind, what happens in our heart based off what happened. That's why, that's why we have to take inventory and be very careful what we're thinking about. This is why the apostle Paul spends so much time talking about thinking, talking about the mind. Romans 12, 2, he says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Philippians 4, 8, Paul tells a church in Philippi, he says, think on things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are good, things that are praiseworthy. In 2 Corinthians 10, 5, he says, take every thought into captivity under the obedience of Christ. He's serious about this thinking stuff. And so should we. That if we're going to be people of courage, we need to resist discouragement that is so easily planted in our minds. How about this? Discouragement in our hearts, right? That's even worse. If our heart, our soul becomes discouraged. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart. For out of your heart flows all of the matters of life. We need to guard ourselves from discouragement. How about this? Uh, how about this? Uh, sometimes discouragement makes its way into our life uh, through other people. Isn't that true? Sometimes other people uh, can discourage us. And if you find yourself today in a season of discouragement, take inventory of your circle. Take a look at the people around you. And ask yourself, are these people encouraging me or are they discouraging me? Because you might need to realign some relationships. Not everybody gets a front row seat to your life. Listen, even Jesus, Jesus was the son of God. Jesus preached to multitudes. Jesus had many who followed, but he had only 12 that he met with every day. And of those 12, he actually had three, a circle of three, Peter, James, and John, that he was really close with. In fact, at times, he wouldn't bring the others in with him. He just kept those three with him. And out of those three, there was only one, John, who was with him when he died. Only one was left. Listen, if you're in a season of discouragement, you might need to check out your circle and ask yourself, are the people around me encouraging me or are they discouraging me? Are they helping me or are they hurting me? Because I might need to realign some relationships. Your circle should match your destiny, not your history. Your circle should match what you're running to, not what you're running from. And sometimes when we're in a season of discouragement, we need to be careful and look around. Press pause and look around at our life and ask, are the people in my life encouraging me or discouraging me in what God has put in my heart to do. And lastly, I got to close with this. Number three, the third thing is this. If we're going to be people of courage, we need to remember God is with us wherever we go. I save the best for last because I, at least for me, this brings me the most courage. It's remembering God is with me wherever I go. In 
I think in life sometimes uh, we think that God has left us. We think sometimes God has abandoned us because we face trouble. We face problems, we face hard times, and we all do. But just because you face trouble, just because you face hard times, it doesn't mean God has left. He's still there. He's still with you. In fact, in John 16, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. He promised it. But he said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I'm here. I'm with you. And I don't know about you, but perhaps what brings me the most courage is knowing no matter what I'm going through, that God is with me. Even when others fall off, even when others stop texting, even when others quit calling, God is still there with me wherever I go. And that builds my courage. In January of 2021, when God gave me uh, Joshua 1, this verse for myself, I wrote these things in my own prayer journal. He also gave me 10 verses. 10 verses that uh, I wrote down that I felt the Lord instruct me to read every day. And for that season, for months, every day I was reading these verses. And these are verses that are reminding me that he's with me. And I can tell you on the other end of that, while I read these verses, man, this built my faith. This brought me supernatural courage, not just uh, someone slapping me on the back saying, you can do it. (laughs) It was more than that. It was a supernatural courage saying, I'm with you wherever you go. And I want to share with you those verses. You can write them down. You can take a picture of them. You can forget them if you want. It's a free country. It's entirely up to you. But these verses built my faith. And I believe when we're in seasons where we feel like God is far, we need to be reminded he's there. He's there. I'm just going to read these over you. And then I want to take a moment and pray. Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Isaiah 41, 13, for I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. Come on, I will help you. Genesis 28, 15, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. Exodus 33, 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Isaiah 54, 17, come on. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Hebrews 13, five, I will never leave you nor forsake you, says the Lord. Romans 8, 38 through 39. For those of you feeling unloved, feeling like God has left you, Paul writes, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 2 Timothy 4, 17. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. And Matthew 28, 20, we began this series with this one. 
And surely Jesus says, I'm with you to the very end of the age. He's with you. He's there. And if there's nothing else that brings us courage in this life, it's knowing he's with us through the thick and thin, through the high and low, and through every turn, season, and circumstance of our lives. If you would stand up with me today, I want to pray. Take a moment and pray. And just where you're at, just everyone close, eyes closed, heads bowed. Let's just take a moment and pray. I want to just pray specifically for those who say, I need courage today. I need courage. I need courage based off a doctor's report I was given. I need courage based off a business move I'm about to make. I need courage based off a financial struggle I'm going through. I need courage based off a relationship situation that's happening. I need courage in my marriage. I need courage in my life. I need courage to step out in faith and do what I know God has told me to do. If that's you and you say, I I need supernatural courage today. I believe in that. In fact, if we study scripture, you'll see the disciples, you'll see Peter in particular, denying Jesus three times. In the book of Acts, though, after he receives the Holy Spirit, power comes on him. And you see a boldness on Peter that we don't see in the gospels, a supernatural courage. I believe God can do that if we let him. But the first thing we have to do is ask. Ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find. And if you say just where you're seated, just say, I need courage in this moment, in my life, in the situation I'm in. Can you just, just lift your hand up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanna pray for you. And also, if you say today, I've never made Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've, I need to come to him. I need to come back to him. I just want all of us today to pray this prayer to say, Jesus, come into my life. I need you. I love you. You died on a cross for me. And I believe you're the son of God. And just like that, heaven celebrates because people have come into the kingdom. And where you're at, I want to pray. Just every, every head bowed, every eye closed. And we're going to take a moment. I realize we're a little past time, but let me tell you to give Jesus five more minutes can change the rest of your life. And so I want to take a moment and pray over you. And then I want to let God do what God wants to do. We're going to worship just for a few more moments. And I think God wants to speak to some hearts. You might hear God speak in a way you've never heard him speak to you before. You might sense a certainty of faith God gives you that you haven't had before. As I believe supernatural courage is going to come over your life. Lord, I just pray over this church, over every person, over every man, every woman, every married person, single person. Lord, I pray right now for supernatural courage that you would give us. Courage to step out in faith and trust you. Courage to stand when others sit. Courage to step out when others stay in the boat. Courage to do what you've called us to do. Go where you've called us to go and be who you've called us to be. I pray right now, Lord, a spirit of fear that we reject it, we renounce it, we speak against it and we pray for supernatural courage and faith to rise up in this church. We pray and we thank you ahead of time for stories of testimonies, of miracles that will happen because we take courageous steps. 
as oftentimes great moves of God start with one courageous step. Lives are changed with one courageous step. We choose courage today in you. We pray in Jesus' name.